Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonsen. What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. Stoked. It's been a bit. I apologize. I've been uh, slammed doing a bunch of stuff, and then the surf got really bad in Florida. And, you know, it seems counterintuitive, but when the surf isn't good, it is hard to do a podcast because I'm just not as stoked. Um, it was it was a rough couple weeks, almost a month here in Florida, and that just turned around last week, uh, and I've gotten so much water time in the last four days. Uh, God, it feels so good. It actually got so bad that last weekend, I think it was Friday night or Saturday night, I had three nightmares in a row. Uh, Each woke me up, and they were hilarious because they were all, I was loading up gear. One was a downwind session and two were prone sessions to get to the beach, and then cataclysms were happening, apocalyptic type of stuff, a terrorist attack, all this stuff, and I just could never get to the beach and it was infuriating and then i think that was the breaking point and then like within 24 hours the surf came back and we were back on so oh man good to be back hey um today's guest on the show is zane schweitzer he's been on the podcast a few times uh and today he came on it was a couple days ago recorded but this show uh is kind of a preview of the race season, the Hawaiian race season coming up. Uh, We've been texting back and forth a little bit about it. He's been talking about some gear and approach to the races. And I thought it'd be fun just to do a quick podcast. It's a shorter one than normal. It's about 30, 45 minutes, something like that. And, but we get pretty specific into the race, uh, what he's doing to train, who he thinks is going to be fast, uh, different strategies, uh, that you can approach the races with. So uh, I thought it was really interesting. And as someone who's been spending a lot more time frothing on downwind, uh, it was really cool to hear Zane's approach. And he's always been, in my experience, I've known Zane now for probably seven, eight years, uh, one of the more thoughtful watermen of his caliber. Uh, he's kind of in the, um, you know, a small group of folks that really takes this seriously. And he's someone who's excelled, you know, in windsurfing and sup surfing, sup racing, big wave surfing, and now foiling. So he's someone with incredibly cross-disciplinary skill set. And it's cool to see how he's taking on uh, foiling. Uh, Before we dive in, I have been getting a lot of questions about how I'm tuning the progression foils when I'm riding each foil. And I thought that it would be pretty cool to just do a couple minutes on that here as a place that I could then direct folks to when they have the questions, because I'm answering the same questions over and over. And I thought this would be a cool way to do it. And so right now we have out the 140 and the 170. And I ride them pretty much with the same tuning and I say this to everyone, if, if you're going to start on the 140 or the 170, use the zero shim, use the shiv tail, and ride it forward of gofoil about the same place that you would ride a lift, um, and just feel how, how that feels. That should be a pretty balanced flight, and I like that tuning the most. It's, it's still like my favorite. I ride the progression tail now 90% of the time. It's a faster version of the shiv i would say um, but still very even feel it's just a little slipperier in the water and uh, i would say try to adjust the mast forward or back and and get that tuning like the zero shiv tuning to feel good and and that is kind of the setup that I like and the feel that I like now everyone has different preferences in how they like to ride a foil and Obviously, that's amazing. It's one of the things that I love about this sport. But that is the feel that really drew me to the foil. So if you want to experience kind of initially what I started to love about it, that's it. It's the immense amount of glide. And then when you have it that far forward, the easy roll as long as you're not overpowered. So as far as conditions, I would say that I like the 170 as an all-arounder up to 
I don't know, rib to chest high, you know, in, in shorter period swell. Now I know that the guys just got back from the Bali trip and they were, you know, incredibly overpowered, even in smaller surf on the 170. That's not what it was designed for. You know, it's designed here in Florida for, you know, seven to nine, 10 second period surf in the, you know, one to three foot range, you know, maybe four foot. Um, and it really excels in those conditions. It also, and this is a side effect of that, also does incredibly well in low to mid energy downwind situations because it has so much low end you can get it out of the water pretty quickly you can still get going to a fairly decent speed range on the foil and it's really user friendly downwinding and the common feedback that i have gotten probably the most common message that i have gotten from folks who have who have gotten the foil is i just took it out took me two waves to get used to it and my third wave was the longest I've ever been on foil something to that effect and that's amazing and and then generally week two is they're hitting me back and saying oh man I just figured out like what it can do in the surf or the lines that I can draw on it usually that's the the second um you, you know um thing that pops up just kind of mind farter there um the 140 I start to ride when it is punchier and from that, you know, waist to head high range, I would say. I, I've had it in bigger surf, but there's some stuff coming that I'm riding now when it gets bigger than that. Um, but the 140, it's the exact same tuning, it's the exact same feel. And that's something that we really tried to dial across the progressions is that it's the same feel so you can go from the 140 to the 170 and there's going to be a couple other sizes that are coming out bigger and, and smaller but you don't have to adjust the way that you foil across the foils and there's some foils that i really like and other brands where it's a completely different tuning for me when i go from size to size and this is not like that you can pretty much ride the same exact tuning um across the board so that's really cool and a lot of folks in better downwind conditions or wing conditions are riding the 140 a whole lot it, it goes here i don't do it that often you know if it's really nuking i will or shore runners it's amazing if we've got energy because it's a little more stacked up on the beach and so that tends to go very well for that but um i hope that helps and in the tuning if you've got questions feel free to reach out you know i'm happy to answer questions uh through ig when i have time and if i don't hit you back right away it just means i'm busy i've been doing a lot of uh, pretty cool work stuff over the last month which has kept me you know um a, a little bit more backed up than i i normally am as you can tell by the lack of podcasts that have happened so i just did record with dean morrison as well so that's going to be a really cool one. I'll try to get that one out next week. And thank you guys for tuning in and all the support. And I hope that uh, this show with Zane stokes you out. Love, love talking to Zane. Um, so, all right, be well. Zane, thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you? Hey, Eric, good to hear from you, man. Stoked to be back on the Progression Project. Yeah, I always love catching up with you, man. And I want to say and start this out, massive congratulations on being new parents. Um, couldn't couldn't be more stoked for you. Oh, thanks so much. It's been such an exciting, uh, we're coming up on four weeks now that our baby Kahele boy has been born. And oh, man, it's been super exciting, no doubt. Adjusting to a new sleep cycle, kind of more so my wife is. Very lucky. She's a champ. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. It definitely has it changed your perspective on life at all yet? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, everybody kept telling me, just wait, your life's gonna change. Your life's gonna get so much better. And I I kept thinking, you know, like, I don't know, man, life's pretty good. I can't imagine it getting that much better. I'm sure life's gonna change. <laughs> but man, like uh it, I can't believe that every human comes into this world like that. It was the wildest experience I've ever seen in my life, being best by my wife's side through the her twenty two hour labor and 
you know, it was just um, amazing respect for all the women and parents out there. I'm only on the first month of it, and, you know, and I definitely have a changed perspective on life and, and like a, a, a roof refounded purpose, which is really interesting because I've always felt I've had a pretty strong, strong purpose for what I'm doing. And now I'm just doing it for for a whole nother, you know, for same reasons in a way, but also in a whole nother way to make my baby boy proud, you know, paving the way for him now, just like my parents did. <laughs> I love it, man. What a, what an incredible Waterman family to be born into too. Like so stoked for that kid's opportunities and watch just what happens over the next 10, 20 years. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's get on to foiling. We wanted to do this podcast because we are about to enter what is going to be kind of the Hawaiian foil racing season coming up here. And you and I are messaging just a little bit about that. Thought it'd be really cool just to do a quick podcast right now, about a half an hour, 45 minutes ahead of the races. And then Dane's going to come back on after the season is closed to talk about, you know, how it went and if, you know, predictions, uh, preparation, if all that played out, how, how it went. So, um, yeah, how are you preparing right now for the upcoming races? What are you most excited about? Oh man, I just been getting a bunch of fun in the wind and in the channel. I live in uh, on the west side of Maui, right in front of the Pailolo Channel between Maui and Molokai. So it's one of the best training runs in the world, and and just an awesome playground for me, especially when the waves are small. And uh, tell you what, I'm feeling so grateful to have wind sports under my belt this summer because it's been such a slow summer here on Maui for waves but no shortage of wind and it's just been so fun to get wing foiling and sub foil downwind in and you know um especially with the pace of things with the baby in the family household i don't mind there not being much waves around right now i'm like kind of <laughs> grateful to have be taking things uh i guess one thing at a time and my focus has been just downwind sup and wing foil the last um pretty much two months of course, when there's some surf, get out and surf always. But I'm um, really excited to hopefully have a chance to break my record. I currently hold the um, the, the sup foil and the wing foil record for the Maui to Molokai. Um, so I would my wing foil record is the fastest record for all crafts. It's one hour and 33 minutes from 27 miles from Maui to Molokai. Unreal. Um, and the foils have just gotten, you know, the gear that I'm using with Starboard and the, the gear that we're developing and, you know, and improving intentionally throughout the year. It's, it's gotten so much better since the stuff I was using last time. So, um, yeah, I, as, if the conditions are right and the wind and, and bumps are doing its thing, I think we could have some new records broken this year, most definitely. How has your gear evolved over how many how many years now have you done a foil race? Uh, have done have you done that foil race and then how has the gear evolved for you over that time um that's a good question you know i've I, I off the top of my head i'm not quite sure how many years i've done this this event um for foil i want to say probably four or five times we did have a few years break between covid yep. which the event didn't run but I've done it since they introduced foiling. I've done foil every time in the in the Maui to Molokai. And, um, now up and coming for the Molokai to Oahu, they got wing foil in there, and I'm super excited to do the wing foil division for Molokai to Oahu. You have to pick one. Um, yes, I'm doing wing foil for for Molokai Oahu. Gotcha. How ha how for the reason? What's that? How have your foils changed? Talk about like trends and what you've seen in design. And I'm sure that we can kind of all intuit what's been going on, but maybe on some of the micro stuff, you know, we're not aware yet. What? Uh, well, I think for the most part, just foils in general, were a lot more low medium aspect in back 2015, 2016, 2017, when, when things were really getting exciting here on Maui with foil surfing and downwind. Um, and now we're, we're using foils that are a lot higher aspect or let's say medium to high aspect. And um, they're a lot more thin and low profile, allowing for a much higher top speed. Um, and that low end, that loss of low end 
can be compensated if designed right in the the span of the tip to tip from left to right and so you see a lot of these foils that have high lift yet a pretty high top speed and so i think that's um one of the super exciting things with a lot of these foils the past few years is um you know they're they're getting very fast and still able to get up on foil um you know and then especially when you start putting into the equation the boards of course um you know dave kalama has been doing the the barracudas for quite some time um i want to say a few years now and it's been a popular board in hawaiian waters for downwinding sup downwind foil and, and prone downwind foil and starboard has had uh downwind boards for over 15 years and something very similar to the barracuda would be the starboard ace that would be their 12 6 and 14 foot race board and you know, a few years ago, I told Starboard, hey, man, we, we got to get a downwind specific board for foiling. I think that ace uh, scaled down would be pretty much ideal. And, um, you know, here we are in 2022. We got our downwind specific board releasing any any moment now. I think it releases in July. And um, that has opened up a whole new world of opportunities for me personally. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, I'm, uh, I want to always be faithful to my supporters and my sponsors and, and continue to help their progression with their equipment. And so having the opportunity to ride a downwind-specific board with Starboard has really opened up a whole new window of opportunity for speed, uh, having the ability to get a smaller foil up into flight because of the more efficient board speed and board glide on the water. Yeah. What are you riding right now in terms of uh, square centimeter, square inches on your foils? Uh, what aspect ratios, if you know, like, you know, I, you probably have one, two or three foils that you're thinking about using, depending on conditions for the day. Talk us through that. Probably going to end up using my 660 team. It's a, the new starboard monoclog. So it's a one piece from stab to fuselage to front wing. Um that one piece foil makes it very light and very just smooth and fast feeling. Um, you know, there's 660 in general is a pr pretty small surface area for a downwind foil. So it's, it's, it's pretty fast to say the least. Um, getting it up off the water takes a little bit of work, but with the right board and, and a bump under you, it really happens, happens efficiently flat water with the 660 and my ace it's uh the sup foil ace is it's a little more challenging for sure i have to use a super short mass to get the 660 up in flat water um but when there's some yeah, I'm this starboard website right now and i don't see it yeah eric you're getting a little little taste from zin zin here look little, at that something new coming behind so. the scenes taste so this is the new and exciting sup foil ace um, it would be very similar to the SUP downwind ace that's been on the starboard website for 10, 15 years, uh, just a scaled down version. So the one I'm using is an 85 liter 6.9. Okay. Um, they have a few different sizes above that as starboard always does accommodating to every rider. Um, and so, yeah, the construction of course that starboard does with the sandwich carbon and uh you know makes it super light super strong and just it's it's feeling really nice and you know we also have another board that was just released for starboard another foil specific race board called the x15 and that is on the website now it just released about two weeks ago and the x15 is actually a the new wing foil race class and so starboard has the um olympic class for foiling the starboard foils for windsurfing mm -hmm. and uh they're also making their way towards the official class for wing foiling and uh the x15 would be the sail and board paired for the official wing foil race class and um the x15 board is also uh, the smallest one they make is 85 liters um and i've been having a blast on that thing actually as well believe it or not it has a little less of a rocker line, a little less of that kind of, um, 
that uh, forced fly um, rocker, uh, forced fly with the rocker where you're dipping the nose up and down. Mm -hmm. um, but the board speed is, is very fast. And when you combine that with a, a swell under you, get moving pretty good before you're even off the water, which uh, allows for a pretty good combination of, of equipment to choose from. What width are you going on your boards? Um, off the top of my head, I want to say this new SUP foil ace is 18 and a half, I believe, okay. or 18. Yep. And yeah. So for everyone. Excuse me. And what do you weigh for everyone? Because everyone asks that question because it's so rare. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty yeah. I'm I'm pretty light, you know. I'm trying to keep it light like a surf ninja. So <laughs> I'm I'm actually five six and one sixty. So I'm a pretty small guy, pretty compact. Um, I fluctuate between 150 and 165, uh, depending on this time of the year for training. Mm -hmm. um, right now, I'm, I'm sitting at about 160, 155. Um, the foil you were talking about, I didn't see that on the Starboard Foils website, the 660 there, unibody construction. Um, is that going to be something that's going to be released to the public? Or are they going to make more sizes? Um, and second question, follow up to that. You said it was a the stab is included, which hydrodynamically makes a lot of sense, but then kind of takes away the ability to tune. Does that a limitation at all? Yeah, so that would be the glider. So for anybody curious about what that foil is, it would be the Starboard Glider. Um, the Starboard Glider Pro specifically, that's the one that's on the Starboard website. It's essentially a very similar foil, just with uh, a monoclog design. So it's a one piece, one piece stab tail wing, uh, attached to the fuselage, attached to the front wing. So you do lose the opportunity for travel, but because the sizes are set for team, um, team preference and team, um, I guess, race conditions, yeah. we have it available in 560 and 660. And so because of the small sizes, you could still pack it on top of the deck of the board when you're traveling, mm. which is how I've been traveling with it. And um, that 660 is uh, Starboard has just started to um, kind of do a soft launch. Uh, we just did a post on their Instagram with the new 660 and the new X15 downwind on the Pilola channel just a few days ago with the, from one of my training runs. And um, so I believe that 660 will be ready for order for the public soon here. Um, but as, as you know, Eric, I'm kind of transitioning back into starboard foils because I, I was using AK foils for yeah. a good three years. Um, I want to say from 2019 to 2023, about that, 2018, I was using a lot of, uh, you know, AK foils as well. So now starboard, I'm working with them full time again um, for all crafts. So the last uh, few months, we've been catching up on some R&D and design. We, we went to Thailand and Bali in January, February, and spent a good month with the team there just redesigning foils, reworking boards. We brought to Bali with us and the pro team a quiver of like 10, 15 boards and 30 different foil combinations. and. We pretty much spent eight hours a day, every day for three weeks, just testing gear, taking notes in between every 20 to 30 minute session, logging everything into our uh, our feedback cloud that all designers have ac access to. And um, so we really take a lot of pride in, you know, continuing to push the envelope and make sure our, our equipment is is quality and, and durable and, you know, most importantly, continuing to improve. And, and that's one of the things I've been super excited transitioning back into the starboard team. Now, um, you know, we got a lot of fun things to, to improve on and, uh, we're making some really awesome progress already. So all this equipment that's launching in July for Hawaii's race season. Um, so starboard has a bunch of products releasing, um, June, July, and August. Uh, we've already started releasing some of the new products and, um, a lot more exciting stuff to drop in the coming weeks nice i'm looking at the some pictures of the glider pro right now it looks like that foil actually has a little bit of dihedral um do you like that in a downwind foil i mean the cost of that better roll but then 
a little bit less efficient. Did you guys test that in a just kind of more flat, slightly anhedral version as well for down? Yeah. So that's a good, it's an interesting point you make. One of my points of feedback as well. Um, and this foil, to my surprise, was feeling so damn good. After I jumped on it, I was like, I kind of took back my my note to to the team. My first session on it, I was like, oh my God, this thing has an amazing top end speed. Of course, we could always find ways to improve. Um, and we may, we may consider making some modifications for the next round. But right now, what we have is it's feeling, I'm feeling super confident to, to compete on it for Maui to Molokai, Molokai to Oahu, our Hood River season. I'll be out there for AWSI as well. And oh, first right week on. Of September. I'll be out there. And so, yeah, um, there's so many combinations of things we could do to improve a foil. And, you know, I, I think for me, I, I really am looking at ways to get uh, have access to that top end speed. Um, even if it takes away from efficiency, getting it up into flight, into flight off the get go. Can you flat water start the 660? I know that one of the races, because I've been talking to some some of the guys who are getting ready for it, um, you know, in their selection of foil for the race, it's kind of like a flat water start to get out to the wind line or else you're losing a lot of time. Um, but then you have to carry that foil, you know, for the rest of the, I guess it's a 30 mile run or whatever it is. Um, can you flat water? Yeah, and that that definitely starts to become an issue with the, especially more so Ka'ivi. Uh, Molokai to Oahu has a pretty tough start and finish. Um, and even just everything in between, it's not, it's not necessarily, um, I'm, I'm a little spoiled because my, my home ground is Hailolo, Maui to Molokai and Maui to Molokai is just a straight shot and you have epic surf from start to finish pretty much. Uh, is different because you, you have to select equipment that may allow you to get up in some pretty minimal conditions and finish quite tired with minimal conditions. So that's, that's definitely something that makes, um, Ka'ivi a much more challenging run, not just to prepare for and to train for, but just the morning of choosing the equipment is so stressful because you're not quite sure what China wall and the last few miles is going to be like, but you know, it's going to be, shitty <laughs> because it's usually <laughs> flat water and offshore um so the longer you could pump in flat water on the finish may definitely you know it could very well save you 30 minutes potentially if you if you're able to pump all the way in but how much time are you losing choosing a foil that's a little slower and that pumps when you're in the 25 to 28 miles before the finish you know, um, how are you going to approach it? I'm going to approach it the morning of, you know, I'm going to look at, I don't want to stress too much on it. I got the equipment I'm happy with. Um, for the most part, you know, as I mentioned, uh, I'm still kind of playing catch up with the starboard foil team, uh, developing equipment. And right now I'm feeling really confident with the 660. I'm hoping we have conditions strong enough to use that. We also have a 560 that's, I've been able to get going um, when the conditions are strong and that's just amazingly fast as well. But I have to also prepare for what it would be like if um, we do have a very minimal, small start and finish with more so for Kaivi again. Um, and, and if that's the case, then I'll probably end up using an 1100. Uh, we have an 1100 X type with starboard. Um, that's a, a nice, comfortable foil. It pumps well. Um, it has has a good speed considering the low end. Um, but that's always the hard part, right? Finding a balance that has everything you want, right? Something that's going to potentially get you beach starting all the way to the lineup and past the bumps and being able to push into fifth gear without feeling like you're overlifting and overpowered. Um, so I think that's something that we're still yet to um, experience in foil development and, and innovations is something that kind of is an all in one package. But we're getting so close. We're getting closer and closer to to foils that are a good combo of, of low end and high end. 
And that's, that's super exciting for sure. Yeah. What, when you look out there at the landscape of foils right now, if you had to pick, you know, your guests on the top five finishers, what they'd be on, um, outside of you and starboard winning the race, of course, um, what, what, what else do you see? Uh, well, there's, there's so many good foils on the market right now. You know, a few years ago, it would have been a clear line and a clear choice between, you know, two or three companies. Um, you know, nowadays I think a lot of the foils are, are getting good. And, and what's interesting is you have brands catering towards a certain demographic of rider or a certain, um, style of riding. Um, you know, you have some brands, uh, really focusing on the dock starts and the lake and the river crew doing, you know, dock and pumping and maybe boat, boat surfing, you know, and then you got the foils that are catering more towards performance surfing, um, you know, and I think starboard kind of sits more in the, the category of something that's going to appeal to every rider. It, it makes it tough for the starboard team to, to release so much product every year. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we, we really do do a good job getting a foil for every rider, for every, every style of riding, um, you know, and I, I, I could honestly say that we still have improvements to go, but that's why I'm a valued rider for all my companies. Cause I, I'm, I'm never settling, um, for my personal performance or my equipment's ability to perform. And so there's always room for improvement. And, uh, you know, looking at the foils on the market right now, I think the foils that I'm not riding, um, you know, I think there's a lot of cool stuff uh, as far as performance surfing with with Armstrong. You know, they got a lot of cool performance surf stuff, which, of course, I'm a surfer. So that's why I'm kind of gravitating more towards that. Um, and then you have uh, Unifoil really coming in hot this last year or two especially in the hawaii scene it seems like people in hawaii are, are definitely starting to get more into unifoil um you know they've picked up a few team riders here which definitely helps people just get eyes on the product and, and a feel for the product um but really i mean in 2023 and moving into 2024 i think a lot of the foils are gonna come come closer to each other in performance and there might only be a few brands that really are able to catch that next wave of, of, of opportunity um, Do you for, for, for redesign. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I have been talking about a lot lately with um, guys that I talk design with. And so if you look at, say we're on version four, like V4 of foils right now, it's V4 or V5, depending on when you think it started. And if you look at like the incremental improvement year over year, you know, year one to year two is like a hundred percent jump in performance. Year, you know, V2 to V3 is like probably 75%. I think, you know, V3, V4, V4, V5, wherever we're at now is probably about 20%. So every, you know, every iteration, oh, yeah. you know, yep. we're dropping, you know, the amount of performance that we're going to get out of it. And what I think is about to happen is, You've had brands, you've had these designers that are ahead, that are you know just being able to to see what's coming and 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 iterate, you know, be more nimble in in design and lead that way. Um, I think what's about to start happening though is we start to move into these more you know marginal uh, gaps, it jumps in performance. Is that you're going to see some of the big brands that move slower, um, who can spend more money on production start to just basically kind of you know it's already starting to happen you're starting to see like everything kind of become homogenized um but production uh improvements is going to be the next big leap and i actually think it's going to favor some of the bigger brands you know over the next uh, three to five years it's a that's a really really interesting point you've made there eric and, and i would say it's uh it's pretty dead on you know early on we've you know in the earlier versions as you mentioned there's a lot of room for improvement there's a low margin of sales and demand um between v1 and v3 
a much higher margin of sales and demand. Um, but I mean, from V3 and V2 to where we are now, a lot less and less, you know, with the improvements, there's also less of the demand and margin of sales. Um, but I think, as you mentioned, the companies that are in place with a little bit more resources, a little bit more of a, a network of clientele, yep. um, I think they're going to have the advantage moving forward because there's going to be uh, more incremental strides towards innovation. And you look at things like the America's cup right now, and, and we're talking fractions of seconds that they're, that they're um, looking at through their computer designs for mm -hmm. improvements, you know, it's, and that's, we haven't even really scratched the surface for that. Um, you know, I don't know how much trouble I'm going to get into at this call, you know, uh, dropping, and spilling the beans with a lot of the stuff working on at Starboard, but the way I look at it, it really just helps the world and, and the, the world that are into the sport of foiling know that, you know, um, you know, not only my commitment to the brand, but, but also uh, I want to be, I want everyone else to have an idea of what's happening behind the scenes as well. So they could prepare for, you know, an opportunity to try a Starboard foil because, um, you know, we have had a, um we've been at the forefront since v2 you know starboard was the first foil to go production um in partnership with gofoil gofoil didn't have the uh the means to do production at the demand that was required and the first production foils uh after alex aguera's prototyping here on maui was partnered with starboard and we've we've been in the game longer than anybody when it comes to production gear and um, with production and large groups of people and um, large numbers of product being made each season, it, it all, we also have to approach our development a little differently as well and make sure that we are, um, you know, timing everything appropriately. And I think right now we're going to have the most exciting the most exciting products we've ever had with starboard in the sports and any sport of foiling is releasing this year um for for starboard and me as a rider for the team i've never been so excited um to be able to get on the water and just feel super confident with my gear um you know because there's always as i mentioned you know my my progression in this sport over the last years is is much faster than any of the progression of the equipment that I've been able to to utilize um, over the last few years. And now I feel like I'm getting equipment that's a little bit more up to par with, you know, what I want to do, not just for foil surfing, but for downwind and for big wave. And, um, you know, a lot of the things that I've learned over the last few years with foil development come full circle actually back to what the first generation of foils were, you know, pre V1, when we're talking, you know, Rush Randall's uh, first gen, second gen, third gen aluminum foils. And, you know, I've been dabbling a bunch into big wave foiling the last uh, two seasons here on Maui. And, you know, there's nothing on the market right now that's made for big wave riding. Oh. <laughs> and so some of the things that i've learned for big wave riding it's it comes down to handling speed and controlling that speed and that's there's so much that i've learned from just those sessions big wave surfing experimenting with what's possible with our foils into racing and high speed foiling because handling this a speed of a, of a 30 foot wave at jaws on a foil I really quickly realized that, you know, we need to be able to handle more speed, you know, and we need to be able to change the shape and we need to stiffen things up. And then I go back to my Rush Randall foil that I had as a 14 year old, you know, and this thing is pulled it out of my dad's garage and it's covered in dust and it hasn't seen light, let alone water for over a decade. And, you know, I, feeling that thing and it's heavy as hell the thing is tall up to my nipples almost and the thing is just so stiff and rigid in every possible place it could be 
And, um, you know, so there's, there's not only a lot of excitement for what's going to be coming the next year or two, I think with, with, uh, the gear that, you know, and the designers that we've, uh, been able to start working with not only starboard, but I know there's a few, maybe one or two other brands out there that are also working with America cup designers. And, um, you know, we've, we've had some opportunities to work with some really cool designers, not necessarily in our background of foil surfing, but they have a lot of experience in foil design mm-hmm. and an understanding of hydrodynamics. And I think mixing pro riders like Clement Comas and Benoit Carpentier and myself to work with these expert, um, you know, uh, model, uh, expert models that are created to cater situations on a foil. It, it helps us understand things better, helps the rider understand things better, which for me personally helps me share better feedback. And, um, you know, so we got things moving forward that we've potentially never seen before. And we're trying to figure out what's working and what doesn't, but we also have things behind us that we can go full soul circle back to, to learn from. And, and I think that's really interesting, you know, a lot of the things that we are now doing these last few years is is kind of almost going back to what what has been done in the past. Yeah, that's a great point right there. It's that's something always interesting when I talk to Dave Kalam all the time, and um, you know, just the and you you seem to share this with him. You know, not at the same level because you're so much younger, but just exposure early on to these things and seeing the different iterations just gives you so much more to draw on. And I'm a believer that um, creativity is really about just being able to draw connections from experience in ways that other people don't see. And, you know, just having that breadth of experience um, is so beneficial uh, in being able to see where the future is going to go. I tell you what, Eric, I am feeling pretty humbled to be compared to Uncle Dave in that category. But for all, for all the listeners out there, Dave, to me, is, is a hero of mine and and someone that I've, I feel very grateful to have learned from as a young kid in Hawaii. And um, to this day, I feel very fortunate to have been surrounded by watermen and water women like Dave Kalama and you know, I wouldn't be where I am today with my success and my lifestyle and career around the ocean if, if it wasn't for that influence, you know, and, um, you know, Uncle Dave was great friends with my mom and dad and they windsurf together and big wave surf together. So I definitely believe uh, what you said there, Eric, and, you know, being able to be a part of something, um, something as new as for me at the time when I was, you know, 12 years old, it was stand up paddling. That was the new thing. That was weird. And what the heck is that? that? Mm-hmm. You see this, these two huge superheroes like Dave Kalama and Laird Hamilton paddling outside the surf while we're trying to catch little waves. And, you know, and that, that was the new exciting thing at that time. And uh, on Maui, we seem to always be at the forefront of what's new, ex- new and exciting. And um, I think that alone gives us, a little bit of a understanding, let alone an, of an advantage of, of where things come from and where things are going. Um, and, uh, you know, looking at the, all the riders coming from Maui, you, you definitely see there's a certain um, approach to ocean sport and, and the lifestyle that's, that's unique. And, you know, I definitely take so much pride in being a, a Maui, Maui born and raised waterman because I definitely see it. it's a it's a different percept, percept, um, perspective and outlook of the ocean. And it takes a lot more pride in being able to adapt with the ever-changing conditions around the ocean and being able to move freely day to day with that rhythm. And uh, some people get pretty stuck in their ways and stubborn with what they want to do and who they want to see and what they want to be. And I think a lot of uh, Maui watermen and water women are quite humble with their approach of uh, uh, taking things on as a beginner and doing new things because it's probably better than doing the thing you want to do. And, <laughs> you know, so being being a beginner and taking things on 
that are new, things that make you feel that excitement of progression. Man, that's what I love the most. I mean, I, I yeah, a lot more success and 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 world titles in the sport of stand-up paddling, but you know, my my excitement and fire for the ocean every day is not because I'm doing the same thing every day. If I was doing the same thing every day, I'd be bored and a lot more burnt out by now. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, it's so for me, it's just it's such a daily journey, regardless of what my goals are for that month or, or that short term quarter. Um, it's such a daily exciting journey to look out to the ocean and the wind and 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 do my best to adapt, whether it's for wing foiling or surfing or diving or big wave surfing. And, and I, I truly do believe that each of those activities are going to teach me something that's going to benefit the other. Yeah. All right. I know you're coming up on a time wall right now. I want to end this by asking you, uh, who are you looking at as far as stiff competition and the races coming up? How likely is it that someone from Maui is going to win it all? Maybe you. Um, and do you think that Maui guys have an advantage over, say, you know, people coming in from other places, you know, Australia or wherever? Well, I definitely think there's going to be a lot more competition this year. Yeah. Not just from our Hawaii Islanders, but people come coming from other places. You know, we've had a weird little transition with COVID that, you know, we haven't really gotten to see what the level of riding is on a global base so this may potentially be the first you know world level event for us to understand where we're at as far as a you know where a, a level of riding so i'm super excited just to see um the results for for that you know and set a set a new standard um i definitely think that guys like kane to wild has been uh kane to wild for sure as to me, someone I, I admire for the amount of time he spends and his dedication to the single sport, you know, and, and there are advantages to having a single sport focus. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Kane DeWild is definitely uh, taking advantage of that for sure. He's, he's um, doing downwinders every day. He's building his own foils. Um, he has an understanding for hydrodynamics, modeling and computer design um and he's fast as hell i mean i'm i love riding with kane he's a good friend of mine but i also admire and respect him professionally um and riding with kane he is always a lot of fun to try and keep up with and i think when it comes to sup foil there's probably not too many people much people that are going to be catching up to him mm -hmm. um i would love to be able to um be moving along at his cadence and i think i think i'll be able to be a lot closer to him if not competitive with him for sup foil with this new gear you know um the 660 team is a little closer in surface area to what he's been riding it's definitely faster than what i've been riding up against him in the past um earlier this year you know on training runs um yeah i think kane dewild is going to be a guy to keep keep an eye on for sure um, if Kai Lenny comes and does it, I'm sure he's going to do awesome. You know, Kai is, uh, is, you know, super, uh, amazing. He's an amazing competitor to begin with. He has access to all the best equipment and, uh, and resources when it comes to, you know, custom gear and, and best combinations. And so I think that's Kai is always a wild card because we're not sure if he's going to show up. Um, but if he does, he's going to have the best shit available and he's definitely ready for it. Um, so that's always fun about, you know, rolling up to the day of the event and seeing, seeing who's actually there. And, um, I'm definitely looking at more of the Hawaii guys, Yeah. but you know, um, there was a young Australian guy who did very well in the Molokai to Oahu, the last event. Um, I got third place behind him. Um, I'm spacing his name, damn it. Um, but there's a young, young Australian kid. He's pretty small and light too, from or at least last time I saw him. And 
he was doing really so i'm sure he's been getting some training in it's going to be super exciting to see what the times are i hope we have good conditions because our foils are just so much faster um i, I think records are going to be smashed cannot wait to see hopefully there's going to be some live streams on the day getting to watch you know the race unfold from different perspectives on different boats that would be unreal totally my brother will be the, the filming both races he's the he's the filmer for molokai holokai and um i don't know i don't think they have anything planned for live they may have live tracking mm -hmm. but not live video from what i've heard in the past but but anyway man i'm i'm uh getting out there today for a training run on pilolo i got my um my little dinghy boat with the boat sled it's the perfect little training vessel for foiling i go out with my buddies like austin kalama and mateo dudua quite a bit and we'll just load up the boat sled with foils and run out uh, close to shore it's uh kind of escaping the rough water and the wind and we'll go upwind up towards honolulu bay and that's kind of been the uh, the normal training run everyday routine in between you know caring for the baby and the wife getting out in the pilot channel and testing different foils in and out of the boat and being able to um i guess get familiar with uh this year's race season man it's gonna be fun it's gonna be exciting and i look forward to talking with you after too eric we'll definitely plan a time to touch base after the races and and, and share a little post recap heck yeah man well thanks for coming on and doing this um and good luck in both uh the races and more importantly with the family and congratulations again man yeah eric right on i'll send you a, a photo here of our baby Kaheleavai and yeah kim kim's here in the background sending her aloha too and yeah appreciate it eric thanks for hitting me up and we'll see you guys on the water all right brother see you zane all right aloha Progression Project Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonson.